0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law.
1: See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun. For the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to luckylandslots.com right now and play over a 100 social casino style games for free. Get lucky today at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group void rope prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply.
0: This is the Armchair Cricket podcast.
2: hello all welcome to another episode of armchair cricket podcast a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i'm your host ajit in today's episode we have a really really special guest somebody who, well seems to have all the inside scoop about netherlands cricket uh isaac who runs the netherlands cricket insider twitter account and he is a netherlands cricket insider hello isaac welcome to the podcast
3: Thanks for having me on. It's um, a pleasure uh, to be on and here and um, I'm excited to talk about Dutch Cricket and the Cricket World Cup in general. Um, Yeah, it's going to be great to chat with
2: you today. Indeed. Um, Before we begin, from your accent, it's more or less obvious you have an Antipodean origin or you live in one of the Antipodean cricket playing countries. So I'm assuming you're Australian. Yes I,
3: I can't hide it with my accent unfortunately um, but <laughs> I am I was born in Australia but I'm, I'm predominantly Dutch so um, my dad was born um, in a small town outside of Utrecht um, called Lupik, um, a very small town. Holy um, and all my yes. grand, all my grandparents are Dutch as well so um, and we we live around a lot of Dutch people. there's a lot of Dutch people in the town we live uh, we' even got a Dutch windmill in, in the town that we live um, a red Dutch windmill. So it's very Dutch where I live, and um, um, my family still remain very Dutch. Uh, my grandfather, my oppa, he has a very strong Dutch accent. So um, I've always been really strongly connected to my Dutch roots, um, and that's um, that merged with cricket. Um, and um, I really come to love um, the Dutch uh, through my connection to the Netherlands. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, that's that's kind of um, my connection to the Netherlands, and that's how I've kind of got into um the kncb insider um uh, through that
2: hmm. well it looks like you know you seem to have all the right uh right sort of connections in this group and uh that's very nice to see for us dutch cricket fans that you're able to send out some very timely tweets when it comes to you know players and what they're up to and all of those things that's very nice and uh, for us fans also maybe sometimes you also tweet out a few things about the squads before the, before the toss and so on, so it's always useful to follow your account. So, any Dutch cricket supporters out there, I definitely recommend Isaac's account, the Netherlands uh, cricket insider.
3: It's it's a pleasure to do what I do, and that's kind of how the account came to be as a mm-hmm. supporter of the Dutch um, from another country. I know there's so many um, Dutch fans right across the world, not just in the Netherlands, um, but there's a lot of people that want to be connected to the Netherlands team and what's happening. Um, And there hasn't been much of a social media presence on um, the KNCB on their social media over the years. So um, as a fan that was wanting to connect with the team and be provided with news and updates, um, I saw that there was a pathway there um, online. So I kind of started as a little thing and it kind of grew um, and blew up bigger than I could have imagined um so yeah i've really enjoyed doing it um because i've seen the joy that it brings a lot of dutch fans right across the world and even just people that are interested in dutch cricket um so yeah it's a pleasure to help grow the game and promote the game and promote the players and um, promote uh, these talented um, players um, right across the world and what they're doing not just for the dutch but um in other leagues right across the world so um yeah it's been a pleasure especially um qualifying for the cricket world cup and now being in the Cricket World Cup on the big stage, um, it's exciting to um, promote um, the game and uh, really help um, push um, Dutch cricket more and more um, on on the social medias. Um, so
2: yeah, it's great to do what I get to do. Perfect. Um, Whom would you support when Australia take on Netherlands?
3: Oh, that's a that's a tough question, but um, I think because of my strong ties for what I do now, um, I have to say the Netherlands um and I love a good underdog as well so um there has been um some moments in sporting history where I've had to been torn between the Netherlands and Australia um when the, the soccer World Cups uh, have happened in the past I've actually tended to support the Dutch because Australia is so bad at soccer that um there was no point supporting them because they usually were out in the group stages and, and the Dutch would always um, progress through so I'd always support the Dutch. Uh, but i haven't been as torn in cricket because in my lifetime of me supporting the dutch um i've never really um well i've never had the opportunity to watch both teams play each other because they've only played the last time they played each other was in 2011 um and i came more into contact and started to support the dutch um it was around uh, when they played the cricket world cup in bangladesh um, where they had that crazy win against ireland um where they chased down um that massive score within 13.5 um to regress um to the world cup to the next stage of the world cup and that's when i kind of um got really interested in dutch cricket so i've never had to um choose between um, both sides in cricket uh ever um so um this will be the first time but i'll definitely uh, be getting behind the dutch and um barracking for them so i'm really excited for um wednesday night next week i've got it um penciled in my calendar um to have a long night i'm um, watching watching that game
2: <laughs> that was going to be my next question so you plan to stay up the whole night because i know it's at all all odd hours in the in australia and new zealand if you want to watch the game
3: yeah no it's um penciled in the calendar um i've told um my wife i just got recently married um a few weeks ago so i've just got back from my honeymoon but i, I told my wife um a long time ago uh, before we got married that um there was this day and this game was happening and i'm like there's nothing getting in the way of me watching this game because um, this, these opportunities don't come up often. So uh, I'm going to be staying up at night, um, all night watching it. Um, we'll, we'll go to uh, the early hours of the morning. I was um, glued to my um, screen, uh, my phone in my bed um, that with the South Africa game uh, right to the early hours of the morning because of, um, we were going to win that. So I'm sure it will be the same with Australia and the Netherlands. So I'm really excited
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
3: for details. It'd be an amazing um, uh, opportunity to watch um, both my nations versus each other. So um, I'm oh, hoping right. for a close game. So it's
2: going to be great. Indeed. Let's get into the South Africa-Netherlands game then straight away. So first of all, the result, a pleasant surprise, surely?
3: Yeah, it was, it was it's fantastic uh, to see the result, um, especially so early in the tournament. Um, you were seen with um, some of the nations coming into um, these tournaments that they can, um, under the pressure, that they um, um, don't show up, and uh, you can get on a roll of a losing streak um, and and constantly lose games. So. Um, I've i loved how the Dutch have presented themselves this tournament with confidence. You know, um, you've you've heard from them um, uh, from Scott Edwards and all, all the players through press conferences in the lead up to the tournament saying we want to make semifinals, we want to we want to get to a World Cup final, which is the motivation to have. That's the um, perspective to have rather than trying to you know just win a game or win a few games. So um, that coming out strong in that first game versus Pakistan um, that brought a lot of hope. Um, that um you know we we can compete, you know, against these nations. so um and then that game, you know it didn't pan out quite um the, the way um, uh, it could have panned out after the strong start they had. So um there's i have always got the you know the glass uh, half full perspective, you know, I'm a very hopeful uh, person. I always come in with the um this perspective of um yeah, we're we're a chance here, you know. So um, I was hopeful, you know, um, and we, we bet them. We upset them in the World Cup, Cricket World Cup uh, in Australia, the T20 World Cup last year. So um, there was a bit of that thing of like, oh, we have, you know, we have competed against them and we have this like kind of psychological edge on them in that sense that we, we upset them uh, when they were, you know, basically um, heading for a semifinal in that tournament. They were on a high, they were going quite well and we upset them and, and caused them to kind of um, ultimately bow out of, of the T20 World Cup. So, um, and South Africa was coming on on high. They've been in brilliant form. Um, so there was a bit of a hope that, you know, uh, this is not the perfect time um, for an upset. So, um, which ultimately um, they, they did in the end, which was
2: amazing to see. Indeed. So first of all, I also was able to catch much of the match, but second half, I spent more time. Um, First half, I was only able to really see it towards the end, the last five hours of the Dutch batting mainly. It's a work day and it sort of clashes perfectly with the work day, so sometimes it's a bit tough for us. But you know, the way Scott Edwards played and towards the end, um, I thought Logan Van held one end up and then once he got out it was mostly rolof wandermerve and aryan Dutt. did those um, did, did those runs of aryan Dutt surprise you rolof wandermerva we know is a well known quantity he can do is he can he can hit the ball long but aryan Uh
3: well it, it is surprising because he hasn't shown it necessary in international cricket but when you look to him um, in in his domestic cricket in the top class um and even his under 19 uh, cricket with the dutch um we've seen him actually open the batting before um, and he tends to bat in the middle order um, in top class cricket and 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 there's been a few um, times where he's actually opened the batting uh with his side um, uh, with um he plays for the VRA um in the top class so uh he he has actually shown a lot that he can bat um, just as much as he bowls um so but in international cricket um you know he's hit a few sixes um, he's coming in at 10 um there isn't that many opportunities um to you know really showcase your stuff um when you come in that low in the order, um, and especially um, there's been some some times where he's come in, you know, under a lot of pressure. When there's been some um, big um, batting collapses for the Dutch, um, and he's and he's got out quite easily. Um, so he he has shown that he's got a lot of potential, um, but hasn't shown that on the big stage. So um, when he showed that, um, you know, he's he's shown that in the past. But um, so it was it was great to see that. Um, him shine in that area, um, which would have been very surprising for a lot of um, fans out there because they haven't seen him actually do that in the past. So, yeah, uh, it was a surprise, but not a surprise at the same time, um, seeing him um, uh, perform in that
2: way. Indeed. Um, I think they took the South African bowlers by a little bit by surprise because from 112 for six, after 26 overs, you thought... When Teja got out, it was twenty-seven overs. Even you thought they're in a bit of trouble. It might become a bit predictable. They might not get the runs. But most of the runs and the credit for you know taking the innings along goes to skipper Edwards. I mean, he had a little bit of a fallow time so far, uh, leading up to the World Cup and even in the World Cup games. But he's broken out of his uh, his shell. Now we we saw the real Scott Edwards in that game. Yeah, he's um he's batted
3: incredibly. Um, he's a, in a very dynamic and versatile player um incredibly great um incredibly good at the, the sweep shot um but it was just great to see him come under pressure like batting at um 7 you know it's not the, the easiest position to come um and bat at um but i think when um roloff came into bat um and he started teeing off it was um where you know they they started to really take the game away and um south africa bowled really well early on but um they kind of became more predictable towards the end. It was a really interesting. Like Scott Edwards is an incredibly good player of spin, and they only started bowling spin when he started to bat, uh, which is incredibly like perplexing to me uh, as a fan. You're like you're bowling to somebody um, that you know that that suits them um, that um, and that's uh, going to benefit a player like Scott Edwards, um, and that's going to help him get in um, and set himself up for um, a good inning. So I found that really fascinating that they brought Maharaj on at the same Mm. time um, when when Scott Edwards came out to bat. And that was the first time they introduced spin in that whole match. Um, So um, they kind of played into um, Scott Edwards' book, uh, which ultimately um, benefited him. Um, But, yeah, it's been incredibly – it's incredible to see Scott Edwards' Um, but the way he has he's um, improved um, significantly over um, the last um, few years, and he's thrived under his leadership. Um, he's an incredible leader. Um, I couldn't think of anyone better to be leading the Dutch right now. Um, and he's one of he's probably the most important Dutch player um, that the, the the Dutch have right now, probably after Buster um, later. Um, just with um, the leadership that he brings, um, he's incredibly um great wicket keeper as well he's actually got the most dismissals um so far in the tournament um uh in the Cricket World Cup so far and he's incredibly dynamic with the bat and he and he can bat anywhere um he can open the batting and he can bat at anywhere as low as, to, as seven um and sometimes I'll, I probably would like to see him bat um, higher in the order um but I think the way that the Dutch um have kind of set up their batting especially for this tournament is like to have a very versatile um, batting um, order. Um we've got the likes of and Engelbrecht and, and Taja and Nidamaru, who can you know bat anywhere from, you know, three mm-hmm. to seven. Um so I think they've kind of um going in with that perspective of, of of being able to shift things up depending on on the where the game's at um and to be strategic in that sense. So um I would like to see him bat up the order, but um I, I can understand why they would uh, would leave him to late um to be able to um, pile on the runs late, and um, you know match the spinners when they bring the spinners later on in the game. So it'll be interesting to see later on in the tournament um, when they go to some of these spinning wickets if they um, bring him on early because he's clearly um, the Dutch's best batter
2: against spin. Right, that one, and also I expect a bit more from the openers. They've they they had a good start in the tournament, but uh, in at least the last game they couldn't do much. But between Vikramjit Singh, Max Sherdow. Colin Ackermann and Bas the de they carry the hopes of the dutch batting don't they
3: yeah definitely um i look i've looked up um in the cricket world um cup qualifiers um vikram singh and max van were a very strong opening partnership um in that tournament in the qualifiers they averaged um 63 um, between both of them opening up um which is and they are um probably i think they're the most successful uh, opening partnership for the dutch i've seen some stats about it uh, but I can't quote you on it, but um, this tournament they're only averaging 23, which is a quite significant drop um compared to uh, the previous tournament And so I am I'm really looking for more for more from them. Um, they've shown that they can back really well t- together and they um, suit each other's game styles. So I am I'm really looking for partnerships at the top of the order. Um, they've, the Dutch have shown that they can put partnerships lower down the order. Um, but the you know the highest um, wicket uh, partnership um, between in the, for a first wicket and second wicket is only twenty eight runs, and that happened mm. in the first game between Pakistan. Um, so, and the highest second wicket partnership was also against Pakistan. That was um, twenty two between Vikram Singh and Colin Ackerman. And every other um, first or second wicket partnership has been less than twenty runs after that. So, I'm really looking for more. Um, it's been frustrating watching the dutch batting especially in the top order because um there's been so many partnerships between 20 and 30 runs i think um i counted it up and there's about about 10 partnerships between 20 to 30 runs so as a dutch fan i've been wanting more um and there's been a few times they get to that 20 mark and i'm like oh they're looking really good right now um and they're looking like they're they're setting themselves up for you know 40 run 50 run partnerships which you need if you're going to win games. You need. You need um, you need forty run, fifty run partnerships that you put on, and, and you grow those to seventy run, eighty run, hundred run partnerships. Um, but they've got in a lot of these really small starts, um, and then getting out cheaply after that. So um, yeah, I'm really looking for uh, more from the top top four, but especially that opening partnership between Vikram Singh and Max O'Dowd. and and they have shown that they can do it. Um, they've showed that they can put quick runs in on the power play and uh, be dynamic in the power play. So um, I'm especially looking um, at Max O'Dowd. He's showed that he's incredibly talented in, in the ODI format. Um, and I'm really expecting big things in these in next six games. Um, and I, I'm I'm really um, hoping that we can see his um, uh, ODI um, debut, um, ODI um, century, um, maiden century. Um, I'm really um, hoping that we can see um, something big from Maxo down in the next few games. And uh, this matchup next against Sri Lanka is the perfect matchup, especially um, as they haven't had the most successful tournament um, and they're missing a few of their key players through injury. Um, I think the Dutch will be um, looking to ride off the momentum of this win against South Africa and, um, and to take advantage of a um, of a um, wounded Sri Lanka uh, who haven't um, managed to show much um, so far in this tournament. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more for the Dutch to show definitely in their batting going forward.
2: Absolutely. Wonderful. So coming to their bowling against South Africa, well, they started steadily. Bobuma and Quintet de Kock sort of set up a small platform. Um Chasing just under six and over, it wouldn't have been that much of a problem if you think about it for uh, South Africa because they've been making big runs. You would think in this tournament they would be able to chase this down as well. But then I think um first of all, it was um Ackerman. That was a inspired move from the skipper to bring Ackerman on. One more spinner just yeah. actually as the fourth over. I was I was very
3: impressed with um the the captainship and the coaching in that moment, um, opening with Dart. Um the the matchup um, against the cock, um, and it really seemed like they had that mindset that um, they didn't really care what Bavuma did, but they really went in with that mindset of De Cock is the key wicket here, um, and especially because he's been making big runs that if if they can get that wicket early on, um, that that can have a flow on effect into getting wickets throughout the rest of the South African um, batting uh, lineup. So uh, they bowled Logan Van Baak that second over that again and then they brought colin ackerman on and um i remember he he bowled a tidy over in his first over colin ackerman did and then that his second over he went for um um before him for a big six um and a four as well and i thought that oh maybe they 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 may you know take him off then because you know going for some big runs in that over um they may like uh, see that as like you know this not working you know um We'll, we'll try something different and go back to pace. But they backed him in for that 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 next over. Um, and then th- that was when um De Kock loved it and Edwards took that catch. Um, and it was just incredibly good to say that they they, they backed in the game plan um, and they were going all in and getting that wicket. And that's, you know, kind of spiraled from there and really brought that um, early um, collapse um, that saw um, South Africa falling for four for forty-four early on, really bringing the Dutch right into
2: this game. Absolutely, and then, of course, Roloff van der Marwa had to get into the act. He got rid of uh, Bavuma and Rasi van der Dusen, two very, very dangerous batsmen. And then, sort of, I think a little bit of a panic set in uh, when suddenly these, you know, three-four wickets fell in a heap. And at three for forty-two, when Eden Makram also got out. You thought, you know, oh God, what's happening if you're a South Africa fan? And from that point on, I think um, Heinrich Klassen and uh, David Miller sort of steadied the ship a little. They were scoring at, you know, more or less expected pace. But then, uh, yeah, the way uh, Heinrich Klassen got out, that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, That that was a key wicket for
3: the Dutch. Um, It wasn't... um... It was definitely um, a a surprise in the sense that he was looking dangerous at that point. He was like the one player that was really looking at uh, could take um, the game away from the Dutch um, and really um, uh, cause the Dutch to, you know, kind of um, uh, crumble under pressure. Um, He was going at at a run bowl ball um, and going quite steady there. And and he's shown uh, recently, you know, um, you know, how – how damaging he can be with the bat and how it can take um, games away from teams. So uh, when he uh, hit that one, um, I think it was um, to Vikram Singh, um, that was really the the point where there was like, I think I thought we could really, you know, we really could do this and we really could uh, win this game. Um, And that was really uh, when there was a a lot of hope and still that, you know, we were a really good chance to win the game. Uh,
2: Looks like David Miller was... You know, left fighting alone battle. He had a little bit of support, very good support from Gerald Koche. And between them, they again raised the run rate. Uh, but once David Miller was dismissed, that again, for me, you know, made sure the number of runs got away from the number of balls. And then Kesha Maharaj played well. But then he did not have the support from uh, Rabada and Lungi Engedi. You cannot expect Lungi Engedi or Rabada to really also score at seven or eight and over. And the Dutch sort of closed the game out very, very professionally. I thought in the last 7, 8, 10 hours of the game, there was never going to be any doubt which was going to be the winning team.
3: Yeah, I, was, I thought Miller, um, he batted very timidly. It looked like he wanted to play his natural game, um, but he was quite confined to um, the, the net run rate um, and the pressure that he was under as being that last um, alone um, batsman out there. Um, I know we've got you got Jansen, um who's more of a, a bowling all-rounder, um, but it looked like he never really had that opportunity to unleash um, and and get the, the the South Africans back into the game. So uh, when he fell, um, that was really where um, there was not much chance for South Africa, um, especially with their, their late order. It looked like more when they were batting that they were trying to um, to not let their net run rate fall um as much as it would have if if they they lost by 70 80 odd runs so it looked Mm -hmm. like that was what they were trying to do towards the end maintain their net run rate because we know that in these tournaments that um usually you know there's there's a team that you know misses out on net run rate um due to um there being so many teams and um so many games so um there's a lot of teams that are very um, wary of that at the moment so um, it looks like that, that looked like how they're playing it towards the end of their innings was just to maintain that.
2: Yeah, indeed. So you've already sort of uh, previewed the next game versus Sri Lanka. So you expect it will be a tight game where the Netherlands might even, as you said, uh, prove to be too heavy for the slightly wounded uh, Sri Lankan team.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful and very expectant. Um, there's a lot of positives um, with the Dutch um, coming off this win, a lot of momentum for them. Um, they've shown that they can play quite well against um, Sri Lanka uh, in the past. Um, They've had a few um, close outings and uh, the the out out, that miss them. Sri Lanka missing Hasaranga is a massive out for uh, Sri Lanka because uh, the Dutch have really shown that um, they've really struggled against his bowling in the past. Um, So um, seeing him out at the start of the tournament. Step into the world of power, loyalty
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
3: I, mean, I, I was like sad, you know, as he's a, a talented player and it's always great to watch such a talented um, player on the big stage. But especially with this Dutch matchup, as, as we matched up quite well against them in the past, um, I was happy to see that because I've known how a few of the players have really struggled um, against his bowling and um, a lot of them got tied down. Um, against his bowling, and and it's caused um, some serious collapses in the past. So uh, not having him, uh, he's been quite a faun in their side. So um, I'm very expectant um, and very hopeful. Um, And, yeah, Schoenke have have struggled quite significantly at times, and I do think um, the Dutch match up quite well. I think Roloff van der Merwe is going to be uh, a very key player um, with, with his left arm spin. Um, bowling in that game and um, yeah I I'm, I'm think I think they'll match up quite well so I'm, I'm very hopeful that um the Dutch can um, get on a bit of a winning streak um, especially going to that um, Australia Netherlands game the, the following game after that.
2: Indeed so some exciting times if you're a Dutch cricket fan surely leading up to that final game against India so a lot to look forward to. Now if you were to take a look at the other games, the other two games that have since happened, they're a little bit one-sided for the two table-toppers. So first of all, uh, Afghanistan versus New Zealand, where New Zealand comfortably beat Afghanistan. So for me, the lack of effectiveness of the new Afghan spinners was one of the talking points, but also how well the New Zealand lower order sort of carried on. They were in a bit of trouble there at 4 for 110 when Daryl Mitchell was dismissed. You know, in 22 overs, they had the run rate, but if they had lost another wicket at that point, you would be thinking, you know, Afghanistan would become very very dominant because they're also coming off a big win against England after all, Afghanistan.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Latham is incredibly underrated. Um, He's one of my favourite players to watch for New Zealand. Uh, Doesn't always get his opportunities to show what he's made of um, since he comes down low in the order. But I remember there was a game where the Dutch versus New Zealand in the Super League, um, and the Dutch got them, um, New Zealand quite um, um, cheaply down, I think five down uh, for not many. Uh, and Latham came out and ended up uh, hitting 130-odd and bringing them right back into the game. So he's incredibly talented, hasn't necessarily had his opportunities in in, in the shorter form to show uh, what he's made of. And um, he, he especially showed um, leadership in, in that moment alongside Phillips to really um, bring... Um, new zealand back into that game after um they had that um um significant collapse in the middle order where they lost three quick wickets um but the biggest thing i'd be disappointed at if i was afghan was the fielding um they say mm-hmm. catches win matches um yeah. and uh we saw that ravinda was dropped on Nord, young was dropped on Nord. i think there was um six missed opportunities five miscatches, and a missed dumping um and in especially on the big stage um and especially after such a famous victory for Afghanistan in the last game uh, where they had um, so much go right for them, um, for them to have this performance was uh, kind of disappointing in that sense because, you know, you want to see these things build on the momentum of, of these, these famous victories, and, um, but they didn't manage to capitalise in that sense um, and they, they could have put New Zealand under even more pressure than they did. Um, so, um, yeah, it was a massive props to Latham and Phillips for the way they stood up and and batted um, and got New Zealand to that um, really competitive title, uh, which ultimately saw them um, dominate the rest of the game.
2: Indeed. So there were as many as um, three drop catches in the last three overs of Rashid Khan, if I remember. And this, these were all after the 40th over. You know, you can't make those mistakes against a top-class team like New Zealand. And also the other thing I thought... Um, Glenn Phillips played a very, very mature role because we know he's a hitter. But in this case, he took some time out of the game. He was going at you know 65, 68 strike rate, comfortably batting at that for about you know, 10 overs or so. That I expected, I did not expect, frankly, this sort of maturity from Glenn Phillips. That was also a big, big, you know, big win if you're in New Zealand going forward into the tournament. And then Mark Chapman, finally, he'd been quiet throughout the tournament. He got his chance. He scored at about 200 and... I think a little bit of a unfortunate thing that Fazal Faruqi could not come back to bowl for Afghanistan. He was injured. Then they were forced to finish with Asmatullah Marzai, who you know they targeted very effectively in New Zealanders.
3: Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with Philip's maturity. Um, it, he was um, just when he came on the scene, he was that big hitting player. Um, he was a wicked keeper as well. Um, but he's a very matured as a player and developed. Um, he's a very all round cricketer. Um, he bowls now as well. Takes wickets in the big moments, and he's you know he knows how to steady the ship uh, ship as well. Um, after losing early wickets, and and then he can power his innings later later on in in the innings after he's set himself. Um, so yeah, I was very impressed um, with Glenn Phillips' innings in this match, which ultimately uh, led to his man of the match performance. Um, but yeah, it was it was disappointing to see Afghanistan um, yeah, um, field the way they did because. And, uh, yeah, you can't miss those opportunities. Um, and that's something that I've been really impressed with. The Dutch in this World Cup, um, mm-hmm. they're the second highest rated building team uh, for um, effective catches, I believe uh, we, uh, last time I saw it was 84% um, behind India. Um, and sometimes, you know, I've seen in the past, you know, um, the Dutch butcher some um, catchers in the field, but um, they're def- very um, disciplined in that area. The Dutch have been in this corner, which I've been really impressed with and even over the past few tournaments. And I think that's um, to the benefit of, of of the coaching staff and also um, being in a more professional setting like the Cricket um, uh, World Super League. So, um, yeah, so on on the big stage, you really need to um, stand up and take those opportunities because you can see how um, players uh, like um, Phillips and Latham and even like Chapman later on in, in the innings um, can take the game away from you. And, and that's going to really... Uh, put more pressure on onto your batting lineup, which is ultimately going to, um, if you don't have those um, powerful starts in reply, um, could lead to some big losses, which we we ultimately saw with Afghanistan uh, yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm. And Afghanistan in their chase, I mean, they never really got going. They lost, uh, you know, Rahmanullah Gurbaz and Ibrahim Zadran early, and then Rahmat Shah, Hashmatullah Shahidi, they, tr- they tried, but what I w- was really missing was the momentum they really got behind the run rate they were only scoring at three three and a half and even up to the 20th over you then saw they were in a lot of trouble and they couldn't lift the run rate again a lot of credit to how new zealand uh, fast bowlers started the game off the innings off and then of course uh santner came into the game and santner and Lockie ferguson sort of shut them down
3: yeah i think the inclusion of um ferguson is an in, in, um, incredible um inclusion for um the new zealand um, bowling attack um, he brings something that um, very different to uh, the rest of their bowlers, and um, I think they've been one of the better bowling sides of this tournament. So, um, if you fail to put those early partnerships on um, and and build those big partnerships, um, there was only um, the only two partnerships over twenty runs um, in that um, innings for Afghanistan. So they weren't really able to build any momentum, uh, which is um, ultimately going to put a lot of pressure on on your batters. Later on, and, um, and we saw how um, that didn't fare well for the Afghanistan batting attack, and um, they weren't really able to ever get close um, in
2: reply to uh, New Zealand. Indeed, I mean, it was it was very one sided the second half, and New Zealand runaway winners also with very significant uh, significant boost to their net run rate. They still remain at the top of the order. Then coming to the India Bangladesh game. Um, I think Bangladesh did enough at the start where they really built a solid platform and even at a very good run rate. But then the middle order floundered a little, but then it came down to the uh, old firm, uh, Mahmudullah and uh, Mushwekur Rahim, who again lifted the score a little. But if you are Bangladesh, you would be a bit disappointed after that start.
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, I was really impressed with that game, um, with the early start from Bangladesh. Um, they really set a great platform, the openers early on. Uh, Tanzeed um, really showed um, how talented he is. He hasn't had many opportunities um, for Bangladesh yet, um, but he showed a lot. Um, and so, uh, with that early platform, I was I was thinking they were set for 300, uh, 320 plus runs, which would have been a very mm. competitive total um, on that that pitch. Um, um, so, but uh, to kind of collapse the way they did was was disappointing to see, um, and it kind of just went downhill from there. Uh, you could see how much they were. Missing Shakib, um, a batter to kind of really steady the ship um, in the middle overs um, and kind of um, take um, the momentum back. Um, but they weren't really ever able to handle um, the, the pressure after that point and, and put the momentum back in their favour. Um, and the, they did manage to put on some late runs, but um, you always felt that they were um, that they, they were fifty runs short, um, especially with that um informed dynamic uh batting lineup that india has at the moment probably looking the most informed team with the bat so um yeah it was disappointing to see that it kind of uh, fell away the way that it did after that uh, strong start where they were one down to 109 runs or or whatever it
2: was mm-hmm. so tanzi Hasan indeed he's called the new tamim so he showed why he's called that and litan das was looking for some runs and he got them um but the real important thing, right, this is how the new Bangladesh would look in a couple of years' time. Because you cannot count on Shakib Mushvikur and uh, Mahmudullah to be there forever. And for me, their middle and lower middle has always been an issue. Tawi Truday, I thought, might pick up. He even got a start, but he couldn't get going at any strike rate and he got dismissed. Right, the skipper for the day in a small Hossein Shanto, he's been in good form, but uh, they couldn't capitalize much of it. But then, um, a bit of credit to the Indian spinners there. I thought Ravindra Jadeja and Kuldeep Yadav, they really pulled things back. Shardul Thakur was also kept under the pressure of runs, but really it goes to the spinners that they really controlled uh, the middle overs very, very well. Where, You know, I, I remember tweeting out 20 overs between 15 and over number 35. Bangladesh only managed something like 72 or 73 runs. That was very, very less. That was only thanks to the spinners. Yeah, J- J- Jadeja um, bowled
3: amazing. Um, he's just incredibly... Um, great bowler to watch um, and he really controlled the game throughout those middle orders um and um really caused um a lot of pressure on that bangladesh um batting lineup so yeah um i was really impressed with how india bowled especially after the injury of um Hari panya um who's arguably one of their most important players um, for the balance of that side mm-hmm. um and it, it looked like um bangladesh had a quite a great opportunity to kind of um take um the game away um, from the indian attack um especially after that first um um over from shadow uh, where he went for uh, quite a fair few runs that looked like there was an opportunity to to um to take that um that that fifth bowler theirs um uh, to town and and put some um, big runs on him um but Jadeja um bowled brilliantly after that and 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 took those key wickets of darsan and 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 the captain of the day shanto um to really um, put the the pressure back on on um, Bangladesh and ultimately led to um, them um, being fifty runs short um, in in the
2: matchup. Right. I mean, when India started, Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill started in customary fashion. They attacked the bowlers, scoring at a very high strike rate. I think Shubman Gill will be happy to have completed his fifty, and Rohit Sharma, well, he fine tuned more of his you know form. Uh, those clean hits, those pulls. Uh, he he looks to be in good form. But then Kohli also, who's in good form, converted today. And for me, the only real disappointment was CSI are missing out again. Yeah, the, the bang lineup
3: is looking um, the most damaging bang lineup in the tournament and most in form. Um, it's just great to see that the way that they're uh, really taking the game away early um, and really um, putting the game in their favor. Um, key wickers are really essential. But uh, Rohit uh, is uh, looking amazing. Yeah. Um, the way he's batting at the strike rate um he's batting at an average of 100 uh, of uh, 60 at a um, strike rate of 130 for the tournament Uh, and he's got um the most runs um and he really um allowed him gill to um you know bat slower um and um build his way into the innings um as well which was um, great to see so um i'm really expectant with this um indian batting attack and um uh, they have a, a
1: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
3: A very great opportunity going forward if they can maintain this form um, to really um, dominate teams in that sense. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they um, manage um, going forward um, without the Hattie uh, Panya. I don't know how many games he's going to miss with injury, but in especially in this next matchup against New Zealand, um, they'll be a massive out in, in the sense of balance to their team so it will be interesting to see who they bring in um, as a result of um, him being out in this next match
2: absolutely that's one of the concerns but um, for me the other important thing is the lack of practice of the lower middle order you know uh, the top five are really really good but i as you know as an indian fan i would like to see a couple of tough games for india when they play new zealand england right because uh, you want to have a 300 chases 300 sort of a scenario or when they are forced to defend 310 India and it goes right down to the wire because you need to see all the remainder of their batsmen and also a bit of the bowlers having a hit in the middle but also you know trying to defend something where the chasing team is close to the required run rate but they have to pull it back and try and win if you are an Indian fan probably these are the two things you'd be looking for but what if you are a Bangladesh fan where do they go from here uh
3: well, um, hopefully, Shikhi is, is back soon, as he's quite a, um, a significant player for them. But um, they have shown that they can, um, in moments, that they can um, perform really well. Um, but yeah, I, I just um, with their younger players, I'd look for them to maintain their aggressiveness, and um, hopefully that um, that they can um, continue to show that the, the talent that they uh, possess as a side going forward. So. I will be um, watching with intrigue to see how um, Bangladesh uh, continues to improve uh, and show um, the young talent what they've got.
2: Absolutely. I mean, they want their younger stars to stand up, you know, cause a couple of upsets before the tournament is done. You know, they want to show the, the outgoing generation that the younger generation is now up to it, up to the job. So, if you were to have a quick preview of today's game, Australia Pakistan, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Oh, it's a it's a massive game in the context for both um, teams. Um, uh, Pakistan are, are a wounded team after that performance. Um, they struggled to deal with under the pressure uh, of being in a, a very um, hostile environment um, uh, in um, in that stadium, where you know basically that all the all the fans were against them, and they had that major collapse, um, which caused a pretty um, a defeating um, um, loss against mm-hmm. India so um they have a lot to, to play for and a lot to show in that tournament um and on the end of Australia um Australia will be looking to to build some momentum um going forward um and this is ugly um one of the most important games because um you know if they lose this against Pakistan they'll be be two um games behind Pakistan and Pakistan are one of those teams that will be battling it out for that third or fourth spot um so uh, in the context of that, this is massive for Australia. So it will be incredibly interesting to see uh, what they do um, and how they can um, look to build momentum going forward uh, in the tournament. I thought that I thought they looked um, a lot more dynamic with the bat in the last game. So I'll be expecting to see how they um, continue to evolve with the bat going forward, and um, especially as they prepare, um, you know, to bring Head back on that side. I don't know the exact timeline of when when he'll be back. But it'll be interesting to see if they make any changes in that sense because I'm not sure. Their side necessarily works with both Shane and Smith in it. So it'll be interesting to see if they make any changes in that sense. But, um, yeah, it's interesting because both have performed not too bad but not, not amazing in the same sense. So um, it'll be interesting to see um, who they opt to go for um, going forward if, if they have to um, drop one of them.
2: That's that's indeed a tough choice. At as things stand, Marnus is even a little bit ahead of Smith when it comes to his performances so far in this World Cup. But Head is expected to become available, right? Travis Head. He can also bowl off spin. He's a very key component at the, right at the top of the order for Australia. Uh, do you see them trying to fit him in the eleven already? Maybe drop Smith or something, or is that too big of a chance?
3: I think Mavishane is the one they're more likely to drop, um, I, although I, I, I prefer him maybe over Smith. It's a very tough choice. It's really 50-50. Uh, for me, it's it's more depending on their matchups. Um, I feel, but um, Smith's the one that I feel like they're more likely to keep in the side um, for the team balance. But um, as soon as he, they can get Head back in the side, um, they'll bring in back um, that combination of Head and Warner at the top of order with uh, Mitchell Marsh coming out free is incredibly dynamic I think um Travis head is one of the most improved uh, players across all three forms in the last mm. uh, year and a bit um and he he, he definitely can bring um taking games away from players um so to see him up at the top of the order uh, with uh, uh Mitch Marsh who, who showed uh, the talent that he has in the last match as well as um uh, in the form David Warner in the Indian, Indian conditions I can really see that um uh, this um Australian batting lineup really take um, take um, a, a game's away uh, through their power um, in, in the matches to come. So I'll be watching with intrigue when when head comes in and and how that will affect um, the Australian
2: batting lineup going forward. Absolutely, because Pakistan would be raring to go at the bit as well. And uh, this these two teams never take a step back when they're competing, and it's going to be a wonderful matchup because both teams will be keen uh, to not let go of the you know uh the chance to uh, put a big foot forward as far as qualifying into the semifinals because Pakistan as you say rightly are currently sort of ahead in this race when it comes to uh trying to qualify um usually England and Australia you never write them off England in this uh in this basketball form or whatever but Australia you never write them off so these between these three teams whenever they play each other the rest of the tournament it's going to be crazy competitive I'm expecting so I'm expecting a really really strong game today so those were mainly all the let's say the world cup topics well one more is sort of sri lanka when we look at their injury replacements we heard last minute that you know Chamira and angelo matthews have been put on standby to take uh take their places in the squad if uh, any more injuries happen your thoughts on those two
3: um yeah it's
2: interesting um the
3: sri lanka's focus has uh, been on a lot of the young talent so it is very interesting to see them uh bring a player like angelo matthews on standby um, who's a very seasoned uh, player uh, for them. So, uh, but it makes sense in, in the sense of, of losing a, a player like um, their captain Shinaka, uh, who um, plays a similar role, um, the, what Angelo Matthews would. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, if those players are needed um, at any point. Um, but yeah, they, they have um, struggled with injury a lot, a lot of their players this tournament, as we've seen as uh, Hasaranga be sound the tournament. Um, and, and Tishana miss out on the opening game. and Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see um, if if they're required at any point. Um, but, um, yeah, it will be, it'll be interesting
2: to see what happens going forward. Indeed. So we look forward to a competitive game and a competitive rest of the World Cup. Thanks for your thoughts, uh, Isaac. Thanks for joining this podcast. Before we let you go, would you like to plug your uh, social media handles and where our listeners could reach out to you?
3: Yeah, so um, KNCB Insider is on, on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. We're growing quite significantly. Um, it's been great to see a lot of people jumping on and supporting Dutch cricket. Um, I have some plans to um, have some Twitter spaces going forward uh, to bring in the fans and involve them and um, possibly a, a podcast as well um, promoting Dutch cricket uh, and and change to some of the players and, and different things like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, my life's been a bit hectic the last uh, few months, getting married and all that. So I'm looking forward to um, to kind of planning out some stuff and um, and creating some great content um, to engage Dutch cricket um, supporters and fans out there. Um, mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Give us a follow on Twitter and um, yeah, stay tuned for what's to come. Uh, we're really excited about what we can um, produce uh, and have for the Dutch fans right across the world.
2: Perfect. Thank you very much. We wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. Thanks once again, Isaac. Hope to have your company sometime shortly in the future. Bye-bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.